Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for usually our biggest team preview of the year between them, UAE, and Ineos Grenadiers. It's the Visma Lisa Bike 2024 preview, and it has the usual format as the other previews, reviewing their 2023 season, looking at their 2024 transfers, and having a look at their 2024 schedule who they've announced for the, the major races and what who we think they should have sent to the major races, as well as setting some goals, hot takes, over-unders, or how many World Tour wins they'll have, etc., as well as a few questions that Benji's got on our list. Uh, but when was it? the team presentation was what? Two days ago, Benji? Thursday? Yes, as of recording this, two days ago on the 21st. So recording this on the 23rd, this will go out a bit later. But hey, that's... Uh... You guys don't know that. <laughs> so we have the benefit of that information. Um, yes. And so, but yeah, we're batch recording the previews. But we wanted to wait for the, the team presentations before Christmas to come out, which the majority have, and also some controversial signings to have been, uh, had the T's crossed and I's dotted, which is pretty handy as well. But uh, just a reminder, uh, you'll, we discussed this in the Q&A podcast, which you might have listened to on Christmas Day, uh, that I am on the coaching staff at uh, now Visma Lisa Bike, working with uh, the leadership team on race strategy, transfer, scouting, data analysis, all that uh, jazz. So it wouldn't make too much sense in this preview if I said all the transfers are terrible, if <laughs> Maybe that means no one's listening to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just if you want to see, if you want to listen to more about that, it's in the Q and A podcast, and also there's the uh, the release on Visma's website. But you want to get us into the 2023 review, Benji? Yes, sir. 2023. Let's say a pretty good season for uh, Yumbo Visma, what they still were called in uh, in this season. 38 Walter victories. To be honest, uh, I counted the list multiple times. And once I counted 39, and three times I counted 38, so I hope it's 38 Walter victories out of 69 total victories. And let's talk about the big ones first, the Grand Tours. The Giro they won with Roglic, the Malia Rosa won plus one stage. Not necessarily in the most dominant fashion, but in clutch, which is still a valuable victory, obviously. Tour de France, Vingegaard basically dominated GC, winning the Maillot Jaune, plus one stage. La Vuelta. Sepkas wins the overall as well. So three Grand Tours already, plus a stage for Sepkus. Vingo and Roglic both finish on the podium next to Sepkus. And Roglic wins two stages and Vingo wins two stages. So in total, that is, if I recall, seven Grand Tour stages in addition to three Grand Tour victories and a full podium at La Vuelta. That is, that's already a, a great list. Like that's like a, a career defining list. If they didn't do anything outside of that, it'd still be a successful season. I think 10 Grand Tour stages. You've got GC Kuswan on Havalambre. Um, am I mistaken? 
I am mistaken. I thought the Dauphiné was a Tour de France. I'm a little bit sick, so <laughs> Benji's driving this one. <laughs> close I just saw I just saw the French flag on PCS. I was like, close enough. Close <laughs> enough. It's a Tour de France stage. Yeah, they only won the TT and the Giro and the... Uh, they, yeah, they, that's curious, isn't it? They didn't win a road stage in the first two Grand Tours. Um, yeah. Somewhat surprising compared to 2022 when they won... Uh, quite a few stages in the Tour de France. So different to 2022, uh, in the one-day races, uh, they won five Cobble Classics, I think, in a row, except the big ones. They didn't win uh, the Tour of Flanders and Roubaix, but they were quite dominant in all of the races preceding, or the World Tour Classics preceding it, not including San Remo either. Uh, and in but... the one-day... Oh, yes. I do want to talk about the classics there for a second. You mentioned it. They won every single one of the, the lead-up classics. Omelope with Bambala, Benoit, Kuhne, Bessel, Kuhne, Benoit, Etri, which was against the big guns. It was against Pogacar and Van der Poel in the final sprint there. That's an epic victory. Laporte won against Wevelgem, gifted by Wout, let's be honest about that. And Dwarsdorf Vladeren in addition to that. Benoit podium drew Bay and didn't win RVV. If we take a look at those two races plus MSR for a second, where can we identify where it went wrong? And my take on it is that Roubaix, you've got the bad luck. You, you, you need to mention that he had a puncture there. That's partially at least bad luck. But if you then take a look at the situation in Roubaix, they were also in that moment in a situation where the initial bad luck or partial bad luck, depending on whether you see the puncture of Laporte as bad luck or as equipment failure, well, there they already lost their numerical advantage earlier on because Alpecin was significant when it comes to their numbers in Roubaix. And when it comes to RVV and MSR, Van der Poel was just better than Van Aert. And Pogacar yep. was pretty good in RVV. Yeah, he was pretty he good in RVV. He beat the You're shit right. out of everybody. Like there's, <laughs> I look at RVV, I've looked back at the race multiple times. I'm like, Dylan Van Baal was sick. I don't think he did it. And then Rubé, yeah. I'm not sure he got taken out with a crash I, in Arenberg as well. Um, or he had a I crash think, in E3 yeah. on a railway crossing. I think he, indeed, on the Stationstraat, is that the cobble segment that goes over the yeah. railroad, railroad crossing? That's where he crashed, but I'm not sure if that was the actual cause for his disappearance at RV probably was. But it's like, Wout van Aert couldn't have... It, it's all down to just n the individual strength at that point. Or can, is there a way you can anticipate enough to yeah, make sure yeah, that... Yeah. Laporte has to jump with the Pedersen group mm -hmm. and then Jumbo never pull behind Yeah, uh, the Pedersen group because Alberson couldn't pull. Like They just they were done pulling in yeah. RVV. Um, and then then maybe Laporte wins, maybe Mads Pedersen wins. Maybe, I think you take your chances there. Uh, you also had Van Hoydonk in that group, remember, who was, it was quite good, but... In the end, they only had Van Hoydonk there, and Van Hoydonk's not beating Asger and Moritz and Pedersen in that group, so Jumbo had yeah. to pull. Pull behind that, and that's not the situation they would have wanted. And then it comes down to you close the gap, and then basically, yeah, as I said, like, Poggy was just fucking unbe- like, for second Quarmont, 55Ks to go, drops everybody. Yeah. Not even just, like, a little bit off the wheel, full dropped. And his team radio had to say afterward, like, after the, the Quarmont, all right, you can't do the whole flat yourself, just kind of wait. Like, yeah. I, th I think even he was still ahead and Laporte bridged him before the Passerberg and he dropped everybody again. Second Kwamon and then last Kwamon. 
just like he's just he was too good way 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 too good unless you had that 90k to go group with Pedersen so Roubaix I'd say bad luck, but also Laporte's broken his bike about five times in every <laughs> gravel or cobbled race in the last three years. Yeah, so it's actually true. Is, Except the ones is, where he won. Even yeah, even Paris Tour this year, <laughs> he destroyed it. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. But um, certainly there'll be goals. And yeah, we've now done a long discussion on what they didn't succeed in. But I guess it's you know, you got a you got a nitpick, I guess. Uh, Lombardia, it's not like they could have beat. The Roglic sort of wasn't. That was a bit strange. Uh, Liège, the Ardennes was kind of the overlooked one, right? If we had to nitpick as well, Benji, yep. Grand Tours and stage races. Okay, we know like it was probably the best season ever for a team in stage racing. I can't mm -hmm. think of one better. Correct. Uh, because they also, sorry, on your list, just to quickly go through, and they also won the Dauphiné, the Basque Country, Catalonia, Terreno Adriatico. Uh, podium of Paris-Nice, I think, and then a lot of stages in others as well as winning Guangxi. Uh, but then the Ardennes, Van Aert, Roglic, Vingegaard skipped them, right? Yep. It's a decision, eh? It's uh, prioritizing other goals to the point that those races did not have the leaders, and then you have Benoit and Walter trying to fight it out. And at Strade, that led to some tactical miscommunication, and in the actual Hill Classics, they just were not good enough. Pogacar is just better. He, he rolls them up if he wants to. So oh, that's how I see that. Evenepoel. Yeah. Example. Also Remco Evenepoel, but also even the second tier riders like Pitcock and so forth in those races are better than Benoit yeah, yeah. and and Walter even sometimes combined. So I don't see those riders as leading those races and being competitive unless the start list is weaker, which at Strade it wasn't and they competed. So that's how you see it, for example. And yeah. 69 wins, though. 69 wins, 38 yes. World Tour wins, three Grand Tours. Ultimately, it's a season of dreams for probably any team. Uh, didn't win the UCI and... points ranking, though. Well, I don't Which care. Which really says more about <laughs> the ranking itself. <laughs> I will say, Bertrand Hagen, this is something I do want to point out, as in, he's one of those youngsters that is moving up through the youth rankings, is finally coming to the World Tour team this year. And I look at him winning two pro races already in his first year, where he's allowed to kind of raise those races. I see that as a very good sign for his future. And spoilers, we'll go into it later. I reckon he's going to be riding some of the Cobble Classics in 2024, which I'm very much looking forward to. I'm very much looking forward to seeing him blossom a bit next to the likes of Stone Limited and so forth. So yeah, pretty hyped for uh, the Norwegian youngsters in this team. But Yeah, me too. We mentioned not winning a monument. I do want to talk about how dominant was Jumbo really when it comes to Grand Tours? Because if you take a look at the Tour de France and the Vuelta, I don't think anyone could have stopped them from winning it. I think in the Vuelta, maybe UAE could have tried to pick off one of the three riders on the podium with different strategies. Yeah, maybe. But winning the race, probably not. That uh, doesn't seem feasible no, to me. No, no. Tour de France, the difference was also too big. In the Giro, I also feel like the difference at the end was noticeable enough that it might have not made a difference. but. The difference between Roglic and Vingegaard is that Roglic wins by X amount of seconds, while Vingegaard wins by X amount of minutes. And you see the same when it comes to the individual one-week races that Roglic wins. And it always keeps me in mind of like, was there a way that the opposing teams could have ridden differently to try and overturn that? And I believe Catalonia, Remco could have won that with different strategies, in my opinion. Tireno is an odd one because Roglic still came back from that injury. 
at that point. That was his first race back from a shoulder surgery uh, for his dislocated shoulders that he had in October, which then led to, uh, to him coming back in Tirreno instead of Catalonia. And at that race, I felt like he was riding very defensively because he had to ride defensively. And maybe other teams didn't realize that fast enough and that could have led to a different result. That being said, he still pulled it off. Cold-blooded killer this year, Roglic, and it also showed in the eventual victory at the Giro, which we've spoken about it in Ave, the energy expenditure, Ineos not benefiting from that, but whether that would have actually changed the outcome of the race, I'm not sure, but it might have been closer there. So I feel like the overall view of the Grand Tours and the one-week races, I feel like there was nothing to be done about Vingegaard races, but there might have been something other teams could have done about Roglic. Yeah, maybe in the Giro in that third week, and Yumbo did make a mistake on the Bondone stage. Um, during the Tour de France, I don't really see it because like yep. UAE had the best mountain domestique. Adam Yates yep. was reducing the group to three, including and himself, like, when, whenever he wanted. Their slight mistakes in, or their proper mistakes in breakaway formation phases weren't going to make up the, the minutes that Vingal was taking on the mountain no. stages anyway, so that didn't matter. It did, yeah, it didn't like you say. Oh well, they didn't control the breakaway for the Grand Colombia stage when in the end that actually didn't make any difference because Boggy yeah. still got a four second delta coming third. So, like in the tour, I don't really see a different outcome. Uh, yeah. To be honest, uh, in the Vuelta, of course, they're very they're in the most dominant. So, uh, I think we've covered off covered off those. I think Roglic can be a little bit deceiving sometimes. It's yep. like he seems he kind of does he does the minimum required to win. Uh that's a skill. So maybe which is a skill, yeah. Uh which kind of maybe gives the appearance that he is but touchable, but I would say also if you can if you feel so good, right, that you can just dance away from everybody with 500 meters to go and and take, you know, eight 10 seconds, you'll do it. Whereas actually in Catalonia, he was getting beaten by Ciccone in an uphill sprint. Yeah. But is it a choice or is it a, an application of the skills he is good at? Like you're saying, as in, he has that sprint. He might not have been able to be top at Catalonia in that way every single time. But the majority of the time, he's that cold-blooded killer that can finish it off last minute. It's kind of like... I don't think he has it in him to drop people with five kilometers to go and keep it until the finish line in most well, of no. the race. Look at Coy and look at Trey Chime. Like him and Thomas yeah. were the same. I will say, and, Angliru level was different. Of course, yes, but that was. Trey Chime is coming after a big, hard stage. I know they walked at Ineos, but um, it's different to the Angliru, which is a 120 kilometer stage. Also, Roglic, yeah, he's, he's so good in, in the back end of the year in August. Uh, but yeah, maybe the Giro. Was the closest, and Ineos will rue that one. But still, that, that rounds off the 2023 season. Speaking of Roglic, the biggest transfer of the year yeah. out of the team after the Vuelta. Uh, so he goes to Bora Hansgrohe, uh, breaking his contract with everyone's agreement, obviously, uh, and leaves a big gap. So, like, certainly Roglic's wins of this year. Uh, there's just no way. I really don't see how they can be replaced uh, for 2024, at least. Uh, exactly. I, I doubt or his point. Oh, maybe. I don't. Know, if I look at the points going out and the points coming in, maybe yeah, it's close. 
fuck the points, man. They're at the top of the ranking. Points are kind of irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. UAE is winning the points ranking in 2024 anyway, so it's not like this will get them over UAE necessarily in 2024. But I will say when it comes to Roglic leaving, they are going to miss the results that Roglic can deliver. And I would also look at it in a way of Roglic just secures so many one-week races, even if he doesn't win a Grand Tour in a year. And yeah. the riders that are there already in the team, and the riders that are coming in like Jorgensen, Eitebroek, Stonemitut, coming from the dev team, and Sefov Ben Tullet, those riders are very good for the future, but might not be able to deliver that yet. Yes, maybe Jorgensen can win Romandy this year, but I also think he's got higher hopes than winning Romandy in 2024 as well. So it's like maybe Paranese oh, no, or something. A good, that's a good goal. I think Paranese is the one that he's, he's lined up for to, to do something. And maybe he can compete for the podium there. Maybe he can compete for the victory there. But just in general, I feel like they can't replace Roglic right now, but they can replace him in the aggregate in the future. Yeah, like maybe maybe in 2025, um, particularly when you're looking at, we're really looking at three riders here, Jorgensen, yeah. Tullet, Kjarnota, Brooks. Can in 2025 those guys get close to the results of Roglic in 25? I mean, as you said, maybe in the aggregate, but also cycling isn't the same as baseball in the sense that yeah. sometimes you just need the guy who can just actually win the Grand Tour. Because Correct. like he or she had a lot of results in the aggregate in terms of points this year, but he wasn't sniffing a Liège win or a tour stage, didn't go to a Grand Tour, I don't think. So, Correct. Uh, but but the, really, it's a moot point because that uh, they couldn't. It wasn't like they just couldn't could keep Roglic. You know, it yep. looked like he w clearly wanted to go uh, and like, to have his chance at the Tour at Bora. So it's kind of a moot point. Exactly, and I feel like it's also. Just as a reminder, I, I don't believe the, the Vuelta or something or the, that drama necessarily was the thing that hit it for Roglic either. Maybe that's part of the whole concept, but I think it's in general the feeling of Roglic of wanting to go to a Grand Tour and lose it on, on his own terms. And not on someone else's terms or on tactics terms, but on his own terms of being individual leader and just not being good enough. And I think that's what Primoz wants for 2024, and I understand that that is a good reason for leaving Visma in 2024 as well. Even, even if people might think there, it, it's a viable thing to think that he might be a more likely to win a Grand Tour with a co-leader at, at Visma than as a solo leader at Bora, but we won't know that until next year. But I think it's a good choice for Primoz, and I also think that Visma in itself had to undergo this transition at some point in the next few years. I might as well do it right now. So I think for both parties, this will end up being a, a relatively good decision for the coming period. And then I, then I question, you said it, Jorgensen is coming from Movistar. He's rided at, was good in the Cobble Classics, anticipating in similar fashion as Peterson did in RVV, for example. But let's be honest about it. They're not getting him just to be a Cobble rider. I'm pretty sure yeah. about that. They're, they're having him as Mountain Domestique plus GC talent. I would guess in 2024, and Ben Tollet is the is the GC talent plus hilly guy. I would see plus Mountain Domestique, Kian Eitebroeks from Bora. I would look at him as the future GC rider potentially for the team because let's not forget this guy is super young, won Lavenir at the youngest possible age. Yep. And in addition to that, his first Grand Tour last year, La Vuelta, he finished eighth 
And fifth in on top In a very competitive stage. top 10. Yeah, good top 10. Like with two big UAE guys, with Remco having started the race, with three Yumbo guys, Enrique Maas. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, and he was fifth on that Tourmalet stage. Obviously, the TT's a big question mark, but obviously Benji mentioned it. Uh, it was so it hadn't been announced before the team presentation, and then it, I don't know if it was I was asleep, but I don't know if it was announced <laughs> like during the team presentation because he was wearing Visma Lisa bike kit. But he just showed up. Uh, Benson reported, or there was, and then a UCI statement that uh, an agreement between Bora, Visma Lisa bike, and Alta Brooks had been reached with a compensation package uh, to let him terminate his contract and move to Visma Lisa bike, which is the same arrangement that obviously happened with uh, Roglic. That basically, it's it's Yumbo paying that compensation, not he on himself, right? I would expect. I don't know. Because, like, if you think about it, it just feels more logical to me in this situation that it's similar to Roglic, where Bora had paid a buyout sum to Yumbo to get Roglic involved in that sense. So, but that brings me to this question: Eitbrook, Stoller, Jorgensen, Vingegaard. A lot of people are saying, does that make that there's too many cooks in the kitchen? But I think they're far away from the UAE situation. Especially with Roglic leaving. Well, go ahead. It, uh, well, I think like obviously I I don't know Almeida, but like Jorgensen's going to be happy, I think, to go to the tour to win the tour as part of the team. You know, in a domestique, primarily in a domestique role. Maybe Almeida is as well. He but he like wants to go to the tour. But then I yeah. so like I'm not sure they like they're kind of more progressed in their career the yeah. UAE guys like Sivakov's already done that Adam Yates just came third in the tour Ayuso's podium the Vuelta Almeida's podium the Giro so and there's Poggy so, whereas like Tullet Jorgensen Kian they got to win a world tour one week they got to consistently podium them before we're also talking about podium grand tours I agree but I would say that Sivakov is not in the position to request Grand Tour leadership yet, based on his previous no, Grand Tours no, and no. his bad luck in there. So he's like the one rider that I would say is still in a similar fashion as Jorgensen because of his past of not being able to deliver at that space because of various reasons. But I agree with you, as in they're not that far in their career yet, they're still having to make that step up. And especially Tullet is for me the rider that hasn't really broken through to that point yet. Jorgensen has done GC in one week races better than Tollet, in my opinion. Well, he won Tour of Oman, fifth in Paranis or fourth in Paranis and um, maybe uh, second in Romany, maybe. He was like, he was, I think he was in the leader's jersey, but Yates was cooking. And so he had to chase him <laughs> for like an hour on Tion, uh, which isn't pleasant. Uh, so like, yeah, Jorgensen's probably shown the most in one week's. Kiana's shown the most in a Grand Tour. Uh, in the recent Vuelta, and also won Lavernier, but as you said, like they're just a little bit, maybe two years behind the UAE guys. Uh, yeah. Not to say that I don't think they can perform really, really well in 2024, actually. But um, I, I think Tullet's also a bigger. We're sort of we, we're not. We'll get to the outgoings as well. Uh, yeah. But Tullet, I think, is a big addition for the Ardennes, especially for something like Flesh. Like he did really well in that race on Alperson. That maybe that result was why. Uh, Ineos where it wanted him in the first place and then he hasn't done them in the last couple of years for various reasons uh, and also hasn't done a Grand Tour since the Giro 22 Correct. so didn't do a Grand Tour this he, year 
I was starting to feel like he was becoming the Dunbar at Enios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. <laughs> that was the feeling I was having last year. And he was also being sent to Copia Bartali and so forth. And when I, when I saw it, I was like, man, they're Dunbarring this man. And I just want to see Ben Tullet at the Hill Classics again. I don't even care about GC as much as he probably does. <laughs> I think he can be Roglic or Vingegaard sort of combo. Wait, wait, wait. wait. That level, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like... Because <laughs> he's, he's young. He's the right size. His TT, is ex his TT is excellent. He won the... Oh, sorry, the, the Tour of Norway prologue was uphill. But his TT is very good for his size. He has very good five minutes and punch, as shown in, uh, in Bartoli and, and in, in other consistent results in dot pro races. Um, but it's still so far think, to get there. Yeah, I'm not saying he's going to be fucking co-leader in the tour next year. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, the if you want GC contenders, I I like them. His size, Pidcock's size. Um, yeah. If they already have a bit of punch and TT about them. Obviously, if it's Pozzavivo and Nairo, who just can't yeah. do a TT of that size, then it's a huge detriment. Um, but if they show they've got a bit of TT about them, like Simon Yates and the Yates brothers as well, then um, I think it's a big... I think it's... Yeah. So I, I'm obviously very high on him. Uh, and Kian, yeah, is a big prospect. Uh, let's, let's do the outgoings before we get to the dev yeah. guys. Uh, Dennis retired. Mm -hmm. uh, Van Emden retired as well. Long-standing member of the team. Uh, Sam Oman to Little Trek, Timo Rosen to DSM, uh, and Chais Lamraza also to DSM, I think. The Narwhal! Th yeah, the Narwhal. It's a shame. <laughs> but I From think, you, you know, Timo Rosen, or like mm -hmm. you sort of, you hope you can replace them with like Bart Lemon or Lovan Bell, you know, like it's. I'll be honest, I'm not even going to be that dad friendly here. I don't think they're going to miss Dennis, Van Emden, Orman, Rosen, Foss, and Lehmann at all. I think they're going to miss Van Hoydonk and Roglic, and that's it. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Van Hoydonk, I think it's... I think Van Hoydonk... Everyone's talking about how they're going to replace Roglic. Van Hoydonk was in the Tour team, yeah. was in the Dauphiné team, was in all those classics victories, was in Group 1 in Tour of Flanders. Van Hoydonk was like one of the most valuable players if you do, of this team. And he's gone. Who is the guy keeping Jonas safe from 7Ks to go to 3Ks to go on the tour? And keeping Wout and Christoph Laporte in good position because they were trying to do a sprint lead-out. Nathan van Hooydonk on his own. Yep. Lead-outs into the base of the Calais punchy climb. Lead-outs in the Paris-Nice stage uh, where the three went clear in 2022. Like, the best ruler, I think, in the world. And he had to retire after his, uh, you know, shocking heart attack. Uh, thank God he's he's okay, but yeah. he's he's not replaceable. None of the riders they brought in replace him. Affini can't replace him. So Dylan Van Bala can kind of do it, and he's a better climber, but he can't do the sprinty stuff in the class. And like, he's more of a leader in the classics. But how I see it is that I can see riders in the team replace parts of Van Hoydang that yes. are relevant to that specific race. And we'll get to that in the schedule. I won't spoil what I'm talking about. But I fully agree with you that Van Hoydonk is the one on this list that even perhaps more than Roglic is 
a key element to a lot of victories in this team this year, like Tour de France and Classic. Obviously, Roglic won the races outside of that, but without Van Hooydonk, those other races might not have been so easy to win in the first place. Fingergold might have crashed a few times at the Tour de France and might have been out. In the Classics, Wout van Aert might not have not have been able to pull off whatever he did. Laporte might, have not, might not have been able to pull off what he did, etc., etc. And... Like Ken Vavelhem, who, who went on first Kemmelberg to create yeah. the group that Mads Pedersen had to panic bridge to, and Jakobsen, Luke thought he was going to win the race, but he was in the Chasse-Patat uh, when he attacked <laughs> and he was with Merlier. It was Van Hooydonk. Yeah. And, like, would... and he's ruining his own race there. Outgoing transfers aside, because I, I'll, I'll, I'll say it again, Sam Ullman, Rosen, Van Emden, Foss, I don't see any issue with those riders leaving at this point in their career. Incoming riders outside of the ones we already mentioned, we mentioned Jorgensen, we mentioned Tullet, we mentioned Eitebroeks, Bertrand Hagenes, Stonemitted, Louis van Belle. those three are coming from the actual dev team. I'll be honest, I know Hagenes and Stonemitted more than I know Louis van Belle. as in, I only remember Louis van Belle from... Lovenier when I was watching that specific race. But Hagenus, future classics rider is how I perceive it, slash Wuller rider, because that man is really strong, but he's also relatively versatile. Because I swear I remember yeah. like a, a semi-mountainous stage, wasn't a pure mountain stage, but a semi-mountain stage where he was relatively close to the victors in that stage. And He's a rider where I believe he's already going to be in the Classics team this season. Maybe not in the big races, I don't know yet. I haven't gone through like eight riders yet, but he might actually make some of the big Classics, like an E3 and so forth, and an Omlope, stuff like that. And Stone Emitted, I'm thinking, I still see him as a domestique at this point. Yeah, and that's fine. Like he, you know, I assume he'll do, like he did Grand Camino yeah. uh, with, with Vingegaard this year. As a domestique, that's always a fantastic learning experience. Maybe he'll get to go to uh, a one-week race that uh, the tour guys aren't going to, and because yeah. like there's still, as I said, like as we said, with Roglic out, there is opportunities. Yes, there's Vingegaard. Yes, Koos may lead a couple of one weeks, but still, are you going to tell Stone Mitter to fully ride for Koos in a in a random one week? Roman or something? Like UAE Tour? Probably you let both of them do their thing on their feet, right? Mm -hmm. um, at least what I think. And so I think he'll have a split schedule and yeah, but in the big race with the big boys, if he gets to go there, that's, yeah, probably as a domestique. Yep. Uh, Van Bell's kind of a good 10-minute absolute power, uh, sort of overall ruler type rider. Um, try and develop him into, can, can do a sprint lead out, can ride the classics, that sort of thing. Uh, and but we didn't mention Mr. Lemmy yet. Mr. Bert. Bart Lemon. <laughs> yes. Yeah, from Human Powered Health. Uh, so he, Human Powered Health, did Grand Camino with uh, Visma Lisa bike and Vingegaard. Did he win that TT? Yes. He did. Uh, Padun won it the year before, actually. Uh, with the Vingegaard drones, remember? Yeah, yeah. With the drone footage, that was so fucking crazy <laughs> to the point that was actually endangering Vingegaard. <laughs> and like the drop-off, there was just like a drop-off, right? Of the, yes. the road. Uh, he <laughs> came fourth in that TT, which by the way was a similar speed. It was like a quite a hilly TT. It wasn't just like an aero one. It was quite hilly, good to prep for the tour. 
Uh, he was a minute and five behind Vingegaard and 30 seconds behind Dennis, and he beat... Uh, yeah, and so fourth. That's really good. And uh, He also... I think he was in the military. Maybe yeah. Luke can confirm. Uh, but he was in the military as well, yes. so he's come to cycling late. He was That was his first year on human-powered health. So there's obviously a bit of latent talent in there. Tall rider, and I wonder if they can develop him into, like, the Hersink role when Hersink retires at the end of 24. Uh, and maybe even more they'll be hoping for, but sort of just, like, he's Dutch. He showed some promise. He's got some good, some good absolute power, and... Yes. I think they backed themselves to to develop him into something something much better than he looked on human powered health. I agree there is potential, but I'm also on the edge of they would not have signed him if he wasn't Dutch. I don't know. Uh, I, I believe that way. As in, I, I do believe that he's going to do something next year. Yeah, probably. Like probably, team probably if the team's Italian, they get Baroncini, you know? Yeah, like that, exactly. They get Baroncini instead, who is more hyped and has, like, won World's U23. That is that is a fact. Like, that's how it works. Or if they're French, they get Army Rail or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's, yeah, like, a similar I profile, I think. So, yeah, nationality, of course, plays into it. But I don't think it's... Like, I don't think he, he's not just a tokenistic... Yeah, Dutch he's not on our top either. Mm. Nah. Um, <laughs> anyway. Hagenes, yeah, but is I'm very high on. If you go watch, go watch Munsterland Giro and go watch, if you can find it, Ronde van Drenthe, the finals of that. And Drenthe, he beat Florian Vermeersch. Munsterland Giro, he beat Groves, Pedersen, and Co. Yeah. Not a, first one was on his own. Second one, Laporte and Nafini were rolling moves. I think he's got really, really good race sense. Like, re- I think he's got really good feel. So within the system, I think he's going to be really, mm-hmm. really good. Um, yeah. And and you also yeah, need so that. Like, you need those loyal riders over the years that stay in the team that are fine with that, that got the chance at twenty eight to do so, and that can be there when, for example, when you need to fill up a roster of Santos to an under, you can add a valuable rider that can actually perform. Yeah, like Stanimitzit maybe even as well. Like, uh, I don't know if Tullus Yeah, Milan Vada who won Guangxi. So I think winning with the second line riders is also important. But yeah, that's... How would you rate their transfers, Benji? Well, let's be honest about it. It's not horrible, eh? Like, I said it. Most of the transfers going out are ones that you... That you can 100% replace. And the two that you Or had no re- choice. Yeah, exactly. And the two that you need to replace or need to try to replace are ones that you can't do anything about. Van Hoydonk, they can't do anything about that. Roglic, he wanted to leave, so you can't actually put the foot in front of the door without sounding like a dick if you're a team. So incoming transfers, I am on board with most of the transfers, if not all of the transfers, to be honest. Like, I I don't know Luvon Bella enough to say whether the choice of doing it this year would already be a good decision, but I guess I'll see that throughout 2024. I just haven't seen him race as much as I've seen Stonemated Hagnes and so forth. So can't 100% judge on that. And that brings me to the 2024 schedule. We've got the benefit of knowing where the riders are planned to ride. The danger of teams announcing their Grand Tour teams in December is that 99% of the time they are changed by the time the Grand Tour starts. But <laughs> at least we know their, their plans. And it starts with the classics. The names already written down for that is Wout Fanat, Jorgensen and Tish Benoit. 
I have added question marks in maybe Personal Hagrid is added, maybe Jan Tratnik, uh, Laporte, I would also name as a rider. I will probably go to the classics and. Well, Van Baal's quite... got to be in there as well, right? Yeah, Van Baal got to be in there as well, in addition. And <laughs> he just, he's like, I'll see you in July. <laughs> shows up in July. The... Hey guys. <laughs> I, think, I think you'll do some classics. <laughs> and we're at seven riders now, I think, but I don't know who the eighth is because I forgot the list of riders they have in their team. <laughs> Yeah, so I think Van Hooydonk comes out of that core and you've got Hagenes in. Uh, Afini was pretty important for the Classic. Yeah. I say Afini's an incredibly important rider for 24. Like, he is like that rider that if, if he has an issue, he, he is so important for this team to do like break control, uh, lead, lead outs into like the Molenberg type things because yeah. Van Hooydonk's not here anymore. Also, there's a big opportunity for the Van Dyke brothers. Like yes. the Van Dyke brothers with Van Hooydonk out is a big opportunity for one of them to step but up, try and step up into that role in the classics I see. Would you see Hagenes or Van Dyke get the earlier no. chance to get into an RVV team? Into an RVV team? Or Roubaix. Those two. Uh, oh, Hagenes... Is probably more highly touted right now. He's already just won two like semi classics. Yeah. But in terms of like the earlier work, the Van Dyke brothers, Hagen is yeah. you actually probably try and see if he can can he work in a final of Kerner Brussels Kerner. Can know? he be the like Van Hooydonk with, with in the Benoit. final of Kerner? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, Example. I see he could do that. Whereas the Van Dyke brothers, it's a big opportunity for them in major races. I think now. Who's a better brother? That is the question. <laughs> I both good at different things. I actually agree. It's like, it's one of those like brother duos where there's not a major difference between the two and you could replace one with the other and it might actually not make the, the magical difference. <laughs> but then we look at the Hill Classics and that's the area where in 2023 they were barely existent, I would say. Maybe that's a bit too hard, but they were barely existent. Let's be honest about it. And the results, they were barely existent. Tishbenot is the only man written down for it at the moment, so we don't know other names, but I think it's pretty fair to say that a rider like Walter will probably do the hill class, even though combination with the Giro might not be necessarily ideal, but I do expect him to do hill classic somehow. Ben Tollett, I would love to see doing these races. And then I'm starting to wonder, like, we know Milan Vader did well at Guangxi, and he's doing Santos to the under, he's at least scheduled to do so. I still believe that Strade Bianchi is a race where I want to see Milan Vader come to its his actual life after that crash, the return and so forth. I believe that he's got a mountain bike history, eh? so should be pretty good on fucking gravel. So Strade, definitely Vader, but the actual Hill Classics, I'd put him in there as well, because it's not like you have Vingag and a line of 10 men ready to ride these Hill Classics. And um, yeah. Who else rides it outside of Benoit, Vader, Walter, Tollet, and so forth, I would say, because then look at the rest of the team, and yes, Jorgensen would be great at that, but I'd, I'd expect to see him at the Cobble Classics and maybe Amstel. Yeah. I mean, Jorgensen, I think, should be good at them. Uh, yeah. He, was, he won Tour of Oman. He's good on sort of a five-minute climb, I think, but yeah, it's not... I think there's just opportunities here, yeah, for Tollet. Walter, as you said, a note, and but then if Jorgensen does all the, cl uh, 
it's positioning and they're harder. You know, they're harder races compared to like a five minute effort in Guangxi yeah, or but, in the TDU. Uh, I see potential, my friend. I see potential. Yeah, if he can get to Redoute fresh. Yeah. It, yeah, for sure. But uh, that's a big question mark. Correct. Maybe I'd like to see him do it in sort of. They don't really do the little. The thing is, they don't do so many of the Italian. Or Spanish. They don't do, La, they don't do La Guelia. They don't do yeah. those dot pros that suit him that are where he could cut his teeth like UAE do or Ineos do. Yeah. Uh, but I think, yeah, the Hill Classics is not going to be as strong as their Cobble Classics, although I am keen to see Tyler in flesh uh, yeah. and Walter and Bernard and Co. But yeah. Are these. Should Van Aert do Amstel again for Brabant? I think he's starting the, the classics early. He's starting with Omlop and Kuhne. And um, then he was skipping the MSR and Strade. And he is riding RVV Rubey and so forth. If you, if you do one of Hilga, it must be Amstel, because you're not doing LBL yeah. and, and so forth in a Giro year, even though Walter's trying to combine it. But <laughs> I, I would say that I think he should do it, but maybe it changes. If he wins Roubaix, maybe he's like, fuck it. I'm, I might as well focus oh, yeah. fully on the Giro now, celebrate a bit, spend some time with yeah. the kid and so forth. So Has he won an Amstel? Um, well, not really, because Pitcock won that year. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still, it's still a box to be ticked. Uh, <laughs> anyway, talking the about Giro the Giro. Italia, yeah, the named riders, Keanu Brooks, uh, to go for his GC. Wilco Kelderman as uh, climbing support, and maybe it, is that I'd love to, I'd love to see him go for a stage win. Sorry, but is that disrespect to Kelderman just saying climbing support? No, because I want to see him go for stage win. I think he's he already start podium the tour. Leader. No, what? I don't. No, I want him to win did you a just stage. Say he, I, did you just say that Kelderman already podium the tour? No, podium the uh, Grand Tour. He podium the Giro <laughs> oh, in twenty twenty. Okay, okay. huh? Yeah, yeah, he did, he did, he did. So fifth in the Giro um, doesn't move the needle for me. He need, I want him to see him raise the arms. Now, mate, you, you, you say that, but use your influence. Tell the people to send him to a <laughs> fucking stupid one-week race. I don't give a fuck to the hungry. And let him win on that stupid bloody hill stage that is there. Bro, you can't, but instead you can't beat... How are you going to beat he or she on that? <laughs> he eats on that terrain. <laughs> <laughs> He's always doing these top level races, which means that he can't win a bloody nah, stage. It's gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be world tour. <laughs> the curious thing is, Kodeman's got like a half decent sprint. Like yeah, he's not the... like Henry. He's got like a half decent sprint. He's like, it's not really the same, but McNulty kind of, as in like he's got that kick in similar fashion that McNulty does, roughly, very roughly. Nah, Ben Healy just threw. <laughs> he just threw that stage. Wait, what uh, stage? The Giro stage. With McNulty oh, in that yeah, sprint. Oh, yeah, whoa. Jesus. Healy's yeah. rode that final not very well. Uh, <laughs> also going for sprints is the Tour of Britain combo of uh, Olav Coy and Wout van Aert, which is pretty successful there. I would say them. I assume Afini's going. He's Italian. It's the law. Uh, I assume he'd be going to the Giro as well. And that's a pretty stacked lead out, I must say, um, especially for the Giro d'Italia. Maybe not for the Tour de France, but for the Giro. Yeah. Given that most teams got about half a lead out on their roster these days, because it's all about the pilot, uh, that's. But Welsh will be going with Danny Van Poppel, we assume. Yep. 
Uh, Caleb Ewan's going Correct. with Groves. Maybe Caleb Stewart, Caden Groves, we assume, is going. So not mean, and Milano's going, UAE named Milano. So there's, yeah. there's people there. Milan's also going for Trek. Yes, he's at True. Trek these days. He is, yep. I will say, United Brooks, Kelderman, Olaf, Goy, Wijfenaert. Wijfenaert needs to be lead out in the regular sprints. I don't remember the Giro parkour fully to know how many chances Wijfenaert will have outside of that, but I think there's at least one or two stages where he could fight for himself. You might and know that CTs. better. Yep, the TTs, definitely. Outside of that, in addition to the team, I would expect Walter to be there, even though he's going to the Hill Classics, because if he's not on the temporary list or the provisional list for the Tour de France, which... Why is he not there? I, uh, Attila Walter represented? I, I want to see a Hungarian at the Tour de France. Anyway, that ran the side. If he's not at the Tour de France, he has to go to the Giro because the Vuelta would be disrespectful. Um, yep, I agree. <laughs> so... Hill Classics Giro double for him, I would expect. Affini, I fully agree with. You can't just send Wout and, and Koi, even though that would already be a pretty successful combo. Adding Affini to that would be major. Um, that would and be a really bloody good lead out. Correct. So, and outside yeah. of that, those six riders are on paper. Then I'm thinking, what else can be added to this? And they did you, mention... You need like Hesink. You do, but I wouldn't send Hesink to this race. I'd send him to the Vuelta. Hesink at the Vuelta always is better. My head, Hesink Vuelta True. works. He's good in the warm conditions. Like he does TDU, loves it every year. And then, then the Vuelta. Stonemeted? Does he get that opportunity at the Giro? Because I feel like the, if you send Vingegaard to the Vuelta, it will be difficult. Yeah, but if, if you if you want to use Affini in the lead out and you've mm -hmm. got Van Aert and Koi for a sprint stage and you want to win the stage, you have to control the stage. Like, yeah. you have, you, people are not going to do it for you in the Giro. So, like that DeMarkey, uh, come who is with Simon Clark stage. So, like that, and then we got another Napoli stage. So, they got to have someone who can control. And Van Bala's doing the tour, he's on that list. So, with no Van Hoydonk, I think Hersink is good at that. Uh, who else is there? Like, Stan, I would think Hersink is better at that all day than Stan Amit. And Lou Van Bell is not on that page yet. Hesman, no. well, he, he's still on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. And he's probably going to stay there. And he's probably going to be ditched by the team eventually, is my guess at this point. Um, who else is there in this team that could play that role? Trotny could do that, but I would. Uh, he's on the list of the Tour de France, so uh, he would have to do Giro Tour double after already doing some of the classics, most likely. So that's Cohen a very Bowman, busy schedule. But, but Hersink, I think, is better at it. Van Dijk, brother, for his Grand Tour? Not That's actually a, good a bad option. idea. Yeah. might be too early. Yeah. So, but someone has to do that. Someone has to do that. Uh, yep. Not just the flat stages too. There's obviously going to be Van Aert, Michael Matthews stages. Uh, so it's <laughs> Corbin Strong stages. Yeah, and you got to Israel should send him to the Jira, but you got to you got to have a strong, versatile team that can get over a hill or a sort of 10k, six percent climb quickly to to control. So it's. Interesting, the team they're sending. Uh, Alterbrook's probably doesn't look like too much support for him, but well, if he's close in GC, then Kelderman, Van Aert, Walter, as you said, and Co. That, that's not bad at the back end of the race. I agree. After we're going through the schedule, I do want to talk about Van Aert a bit, but let's first go to the, to the Tour de France and the Vuelta team for 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A second. Tour de France. Oh, oh, oh yeah. We... Oh, yep, go ahead. Sorry. No. Well, no, no. You said we're going to talk about Van Aert in a second. I thought, yeah. Were you surprised to see him do the Giro? I'll talk about that when I discuss yeah. the overall year thing, because we also got to talk about Wout van Aert, Vuelta and so forth, which has also been announced. Tour de France, Vingegaard, Sepkus. That's expected. After that, yeah. Jorgensen. I see that because, well, let's, let's just go through it fully. Vingegaard, Kuss, Kruiswijk, Jorgensen, Laporte, Fischbenot, Van Baarle, Tratnik. They needed to replace Van Hooydonk. They needed yeah. to replace Van Aert, who is not riding the Tour de France. And Keldenman, who is going to the Giro. And how I see it is that Trotnik is their partial replacement of Van Hooydonk in this list. Maybe with some changes in the order of the train in certain stages, but that's at least an attempt to it in my eyes. Jorgensen, in my eyes, is a, an attempt to replace the Van Aert satellite rider plus train rider. And Kreisweg is the replacement of Keldenman, but that I don't see. Kelderman is just better, in my opinion. Yeah, he was... Yeah, Kelderman created the... He pulled before Koos in... On the Tourmalet and shredded yep. the group. He, like, dropped Hindley, I think, just about. Correct. He pulled... He was in the breakaway on Col de la Loz. He pulled very strongly on Peter Dome, Kelderman. More versatile? He wasn't... He is punchier. He is, like, especially in break formation. I remember he was... Uh, quite active uh, jumping, but yeah, you got to split them between the Giro and the and the Tour. And I would have switched them around personally, and I actually I would have split them around. But I do understand if you look at individually the parkours that the Tour parkour fits Kreisberg better than the Giro parkour because the longer climbs, the non volatile yeah, yeah. climbs, or in the Tour de France. So I see that as a potential reason why Kreisberg is going to the Tour de France. Instead of Kelderman, but I do believe that Kelderman, even on that terrain, I would trust more. Personally. I think they're thinking of Solaison and Galibier yeah. in 22, and so they're thinking of the Isola stage, and like that's, that's what. Uh, yeah, I agree. Kelderman, Kelderman has been a better rider in 23. And 24 is also two years later than 2022, so yep. it's going to come to a point where they might reach that, reach that brink of like, Kreisweg is no more, is washed, but. I'm not sure if they have reached that yet. Solaison was a surprise to me as well in 2022. But that was also a bit of a one-trick pony event that year. It's not like he did that throughout the entire year. And then he crashed out of the tour. So Yeah. So there's they also the crash, the, crash well, there's the crash risk. Yeah, how do you evaluate the crash risk? <laughs> uh, I see, yeah, Jorgensen obviously, I think, replaces Van Aert. Jorgensen, his strike rate of getting into the breakaway is unbelievably good. Laporte, I think, replaces Van Hooydonk. In the oh. finals, so Laporte. Oh yeah, I see that. Well, he ain't going for himself in the sprints. At least I don't think he should be allowed to. Yeah. He's got to keep someone has to with a bit of oomph has to keep Vingegaard safe to three Ks, and yes. it can't. It's not Van Baal or Tratnik. So then you got uh, the, yeah. Two, 
in the mountain stage and so forth, I do see Trotnik taking the Van Hooydonk role. It's like, it's a partial yeah, yeah, he replacement. Can like that. Yeah. So I agree that Laporte is the one that needs to go for the, for the 10 kilometer keep, keep your boys safe. Are they weak in the mountains? I don't think you can call this team necessarily weak in the mountains, even if it's I... It's weaker than UAE, right? Obviously it's weaker than UAE, but it's, it's got uh, one spear. You've got a, a quadruple, quintuple, whatever you call it, trident in, in UAE. And you don't know what the, order of their, yeah, what, what the order of their work is going to be. So you're not going to tell me that the UAE team will work perfectly together as in it's going to be a perfect train for Pogacar or something. I don't see that. It's going to be a multi-leader strategy to try and upset Vinegar. And I reckon they will try multi-leader strategies 100% against Vinegar. Because otherwise you don't send 17 leaders in the team. But let's imagine like we've got the Iswa stage, stage 10 Correct. or 12 right now. Mm -hmm. Bruh. Tratnik, Benoit, Koos, Jorgensen, and Vingegaard jumping to get in breaks. You think Almeida's going to be there? Almeida's not going to be in that breakaway. He's also not necessarily the rider I'd expect to be in that breakaway. So I... Are you saying they're going to do that in like the mountains? Like Sestriere, they just start yeah. jumping. Okay, but I see I think, that. I see that. I think that's more of an issue because then they're looking yeah. at these mountain stages for the terrain, but they might be, they might not have the, the, the cojones in the team of like the medium mountain specialists to go and breakaways like, um, I don't like remember Hinley's if Soler's so, in the Tour de France Like team. sort of did. Is, is Soler in the Tour de France team? Yeah, I think he was. Because he's kind of that kind of rider who can go in those moves and play that rider of like... For better or worse. <laughs> yeah, depend, depending on the day. <laughs> no, he, he gets in, but sometimes, stage. remember he jumped and it brought <laughs> Kelderman and Beno in on lows? As satellite yes. riders? <laughs> My boy. Soler's actually so fucking good. Um, I agree. Would you rather have Soler in the team? Or... Tratnik. Or Kreisbeck or Kelderman? Uh, <laughs> see that that's, I don't think that's the two because well, that's more fun. No, because if you take, then you're really, really weak on climbing. I would I agree, but like him or Benoit or him or well, Tratnik. Soler's Vuelta level equals higher than anything I've seen from Kruiswijk outside of Solizon. I mean, Benji, when it got to like the third week, he shit himself. He, he fucking yeah. lost fifteen minutes on purpose. Yeah, but <laughs> Kreiswijk shits himself on 90% of the mountains no, no, in the last just, years. True. So, uh, listen, I'm a, I'm a Soler. You know I'm a Soler fanboy, so. <laughs> You're disrespecting yeah, sure. our boy. I'll take, Sol I'll take Soler over Vingegaard um, <laughs> just for the entertainment. That's what I needed to hear. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty solid team for the Tour. Uh, let's just say that. And I, and I expect Jorgensen. I think people are sleeping on his climbing. I really yeah. do. Like, I really think on those long, like, Cuyol, on Isola, on Sestriere, I think Jorgensen is gonna, could be cooking. Uh, so don't sleep on him. I think people are underrating how easily 2023 Wout van Aert can be replaced. 2022 Wout van Aert, very yeah, difficult to replace. I don't know how you can replace that. That was a monster, ultimate MVP. But 2023, I'm only really looking at the Tourmalet stage being well, able to get okay, in a breakaway. Take that. Could Matteo Jorgensen have got in a, that breakaway with Tobias yes. Johansson, Michal Kwiatkowski, 
and got over the Tourmalet and pulled the valley in the first 10 minutes of Colterae. Yes. Yeah. Problem solved. The gravel stage, you probably would want Wout instead of yeah, know, someone else. But you've got still but then, but then there. You, but then Jorgensen doesn't have... You don't have the conversation with Jorgensen about going for the win on that stage. Yeah. It's like, you're sitting next to Jonas all day. <laughs> like, and he knows that. And Laporte okay, as Laporte, well. I'll let him have a crack. What? Let him have a go. No, I'm not <laughs> allowing it. All right, fair enough. <laughs> You're not going to tell me that. that. You've, you've, been, you've been hitting on the hammer of Wout van Aert needs to ride a gobble stage for this leader uh, yeah, for, for, kidding, for so kidding. many years, and now Laporte's going to get a chance? Belgium's in a uprise. Romantic. Let French, let French riders have a crack. Uh, Welter is Vingegaard, Kuz, Van Aert. Uh, do they, uh, is that, who else they announce? Tollet, Heesink is on the list. I don't know if Heesink is confirmed and Tollet is confirmed. I think Tollet was confirmed. Tollet mentioned that he's going for the Vuelta um, okay. in 2024. Uh, Kuz, Van Aert and Vingegaard as well. And if I look at those five riders, I see that as logical. I, I see Heesink as his final Grand Tour La Vuelta. With the stuff he's done for the team, he deserves that. Well, and it's really not like in, he should. In the recent one. No, exactly. No, and who knows, we might see Raul van Gesing back, and he might suddenly be fighting with Vingegaard for the victory. Roglic style. <laughs> I don't think so. They go a, so a lot quicker than 10 years ago. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> who else would fit in this team? I, I don't think we should be predicting the Vuelta rest of the spots yet, because nah. there's so much that can happen throughout the year. Who knows? Steven Kreismake might crash out of the Twitter fronts, which is... There's a solid chance of that, which is unfortunate to say. He's got a high crash rate, yeah. which means he might end up in the Valta. You got Keldegoat. You got Valta. Uh, yeah. Could do two. You've got Stanimita. You got but loads of guys could do the Valta. It is time to get my Belgian flag out and ask: Is Wout van Aert being disrespected? <laughs> I saw the articles already. <laughs> is Wout van Aert being disrespected by? having to play his little game in the classics, then having to go to the Giro and the Vuelta to try and reap up some rewards that are left out of the Tour de France, because Vingegaard's priority for the Tour de France, and then have Koi be added to the Giro team as well, to the point that he can't even sprint for the flat stages, so Chiclamino is going to be difficult for Wout van Aert. So he's just going to be going for stage at the Giro, which is maybe three of them that he has an opportunity in, including the time trials oh, and so no, forth. No, it's more than three, it's more than three. Yeah, but he's not going to win more than three. It's not going to like he's going to win all of them that he has a chance in. Now the pocket's going stage one. Stage one looks a lot different, yeah. <laughs> I agree. With Poggy going, some of the stage will be harder because there will be more, yeah. more interesting from the viewership's yeah. perspective. That being said, he's not going for GC, so that's, a, that's something that is very clear. Unless someone makes a GC Wout account, that's what I heard Medain say on the on the presentation. Dude, that was legit. <laughs> it's just someone just made up that he was going, that he was going for GC. <laughs> and it, I actually went back, and La Gazeta didn't actually even report that he was going. They said no. he might go for GC, and that article was being placed out of context with like, "Oh, he's going for GC," <laughs> and I'm like, "No, no, 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 not ever happening." Nothing had been decided. It was still in. We were still in meetings. I've seen these articles saying he's going for GC. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like nothing had been decided. Um, but, but is he being disrespected? <laughs> I saw, I saw there's already a Belgian former saying yes. 
Number one, he, yes. he gets the opportunities in the classics that he needs to want, yeah. that he wants to have. That's more of a sentence. That's fine. That's what he wants in life. That's a priority. He needs to win Roubaix or RVV this year. That's what he needs to do. Well, Wout will say, I don't need to do anything, which is true. He's, he's a pretty good rider outside of, if, even if he doesn't win those two races. But ideally, he wins one of those two races, how I perceive it. When it comes to the other races, at the Tour de France, he's definitely chained with, with Vingegaard and has limited opportunities. So he probably partially chose to go for the Giro, is how I see it. I don't think they forced him to go for the Giro necessarily. And then I think the only thing that a bit, that's a bit shady is having Koi in the team, which I can understand from a Fanart fan perspective that that's not fun, because that reduces the chance for Ciclamino. But Koi's a better sprinter, and in my opinion, has just as much chance of winning stages at the Giro than what Fanart does, especially with Fanart as a lead out and Affini as a lead out. So. I've been shouting for Koi to go to a fucking Grand Tour at this team for two and a half years now. They're finally sending him to the Giro. It should happen two years ago when Dumoulin yeah, and Foch showed up. With the, best, with the best leader in the world now. Yeah. Uh, like, he's finally there. So I'm fine with that. The, obviously, Vanard's season will be focused on Olympics and World TT. I, I don't know about the road race. I haven't dissected the gradients of the Zurich climbs yet, so I don't know if if it's viable against Pogacar and so forth, it's going to be a bit more difficult, I think. But Olympics should definitely be a big goal of, of Wout van Aert. And then I think Pelta's just trying to reap up some more awards at the end of the season, in a season where he's focusing on other goals, and that's something where win he can all, also... Win, all stages, win a stage in all three Grand Tours. For example. But I must say that I'm coming to a point where I feel like he's not necessarily being disrespected, but this is the year where I feel like Okay, if he was on a different team, he would probably be riding the classics plus the Tour de France as leader. Not necessarily for GC, obviously, but Sagan style. Probably. Yeah. But, but, but would he be as good outside of Jumbo? Yeah. No. And you could also go to the Tour and not win a stage, like Vanderpool, and prepare all that time and, and not win a stage. <laughs> Vanderpool had a pretty good season outside of that, but I'm just saying, like. <laughs> I think it's not a bad, and also like no one's forced to do anything. Like, yeah, yeah. There's the big star riders don't just get handed their race schedule and say, if, "Here it is, thanks. You're doing that next year. Thanks for coming." If Wout wanted Jorgensen's position at the Tour de France, Jorgensen would not be in the Tour de France. Which I don't mean that Jorgensen doesn't deserve to be there. Wout van just has more of a string to pull in the team, I reckon. Yeah, and like he's done that role. He's been part of the Tour winning team for two years. So like, yeah. There's, there wouldn't be any reason to not take him if he wanted to go in that role. So. Correct. But I think it'd be good for him to just win a lot of races. Like, yep. just win a lot of races in 24. And uh, there's nothing wrong with... You know, you may not win the monument. Bad luck, puncture. Another guy too good on I'm the day. It. But hey, He's winning Roubaix. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But it's a lot easier to swallow that i think if you look back at the end of the season and you won 10 world tour races including six grand tour stages then you're like well fuck it it wasn't that bad a year was it like all that altitude mm -hmm. camp and stuff was still still worth it so and of course he'll be one of the top three favorites for the worlds and olympic tt uh well I, maybe not gonna tiling remco but uh so no i don't think he's being 
being disrespected, but I do agree that, yeah, if he, for sure, if he was at, uh, well, if he was at Quickstep with Remco, doesn't he have to, does he have to help Remco on the gravel stage? Yeah, but there's Imagine a lot of teams the outside press. of Quickstep too. Imagine the Imagine. press. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, at Quickstep, I reckon that he wouldn't have to stay with, with Remco on the gravel stage because they'd probably have Osgrain to do that or someone else. True. They'd have someone in addition to that that would, yeah. It would imagine Wout van Aert at Quick Step. Would it be that different? Is Asgreen better than Van Barle at the moment? No. Asgreen turned Not up really. for like three races a year last year. That being said, I'm he's, still. He's pretty good in certain those three, but. <laughs> True. But hey, we've spoken about Wout van Aert a lot. We've spoken about whether the new. Tour de France riders can replace the old Tour de France riders. Realistic aims for Visma Lab in 2024. For sorry, I'm sh I'm shouting Visma Lab, but they officially mentioned the words Yellow Bee in no, their no, article I think, on their I website. Think, I, I think that's just like the holding company. Yes, they were they renamed Blanco Pro Cycling to Yellow Bee, and the idea behind it is to make oh, yeah, a no, pack like No one called thing. them Blanco anyway. Yeah, but that's different. This is different. They're changing it to Yellow B for a reason. They're not doing it just for, oh, we're changing the holding company. They're doing it to try and make a Wolfpack-like thing. And I'm not fucking having it. I'm not no, having we're call it. We're calling them the Beehive. Or the, the killer, killer bees. bees. If you're going to put Honeycomb on the jersey, then that's what you're going to get called. The Yellow Submarines. Uh, <laughs> submarines? <laughs> Very random. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so realistic aims for Visma Lab in 2024. Uh, yeah, win, win a monument, but preferably a cobbled one because I don't think Van Aert's doing San Remo. Uh, so win RVV or Roubaix. That's got to be, that's something they're missing. Uh, Correct. If you've won three Grand Tours and Roglic leaves, well, you still got to win two of them. So win the Tour in the Vuelta. Yeah. Win a lot of Grand Tour stages in the Welter and Giro. I'm I think. saying ten, especially, especially the Giro. I'm Across saying aim year? for ten. Across the year. Yes. Nah, fifteen. <laughs> really? I was being relatively. I thought I was already stretching it out. But like, fifteen well, Grand Tour stages. That's Koi's job. Yeah, but he's only going to one Grand Tour. Eh? Let's repeat that. Eh? He's not going to ten. Eh? Yeah, but Van Aert's also going there with full chains off. And the Vuelta. If Fanart is there with Koi and 100% leads him out with Afini, then Koi should be able to get at least, at least two to three yeah. Grand Tour stage at the Giro. While Fanart should be able to get at least one of the time trials and maybe another stage, that's five. Jonas is not cleaning 10 Grand Tour stage and the Tour and the Vuelta combined. <laughs> Vanart's doing the Vuelta. Yes, but. You have to set a high goal. If you have three Grand Tours a year before, you have to set a high goal. That is already um, high. No, 15 or bust. Okay, 15 Grand Tour stages or Yumbo's completely washed, is what you're saying. Finnish franchise, yep. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I think another one. franchise. <laughs> true, true. Well, <laughs> they're still selling produce, right, Luke? Uh, yeah, they are. They're still a, mar a supermarket. Okay. They just don't give a fuck about cycling anymore because one of their founders <laughs> who... Who was the real person? I think Karel van Eert might have been making this name up. 
he was part right. of the the Yumbo management that decided to to go into the team and he passed away a few years ago or a year and a half ago and the new management just didn't give a fuck about cycling it seems yeah, or not ago. enough yeah hot takes uh, hold on hold on I was thinking I was trying to use my brain uh, another goal I think is very very important with Roglic going is yeah. that you have to get these young guys progressing and it's something yeah. we talked about with Ineos a little bit as a very important, like maybe the most important goal for Ineos was one of Chef, Pidcock, Rodriguez, Aaronsman, Tarling stepping up into like Hater. the Hater stepping up into like God mode tier. Peacock yep. marketing wise is, but in terms of like road performance, he's not he's not there yet. Uh, but and I think Yumbo need one of Jorgensen, Tarlett, Stalnemitted, Hagenes. Alterbrooks, I'm missing people. Obviously, Glog, who we haven't mentioned at all. Even Valter, can he improve a little yeah. bit? They need these guys. Koi, even can Koi turn into Philipson? I don't know. Uh, they I need these guys it. to improve. I don't see, I don't see it into either. Yeah, but you but, never but know. One of these guys has to, or two of these guys has to. They got to build up those guys to replace Roglic and his wins. I think that in general, the overall feeling with the realistic games is that their aim should be to be the perceived best team in the world. What I mean with that is, UE is celebrating their little trophy of UCI world ranking team, best team thingy. Pretty sick trophy though. Pretty sick trophy, but I don't give a fuck about UCI world ranking winner, because Yumbo was the perceived best team of 2023. And then I look at 2024 and they need to get that again. And we know that from a, a roster standpoint, it's unlikely that Visma will be the leader of the UCI world ranking for teams at the end of 2024. UAE will probably be that. So be the perceived best team in the world is the aim for Visma Lab in 2024. And to be doing that, you need to win two Grand Tours. You need to win one of REV and Roubaix. You need to win like 75 Grand Tour stages, according to Patrick. <laughs> you just confirmed yeah. that. Well, 75? Grand 75 stages? race wins. Oh, Grand Grand, stages, no, you said. Benji, there's only 63 every year. Come on, let's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't, you, hot take... don't you count the Santa Stood on Under? <laughs> yeah, the fourth Grand Tour. <laughs> Grand Tour of Southland. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hot take time. Okay. What's happening? Like, it's hard to figure out a hot take here. I'm saying that Wout wins Roubaix, which after the amount of years he's tried, might be considered a hot take at this point. But I think what we haven't mentioned is that with Pogacar not riding RVV, Wout has a better chance of actually winning RVV. Yeah, I think and so. And the numerical advantage of Yumbo or Visma Lab will be more likely to be in a factor in that race with Pogacar not being there. So I think well, it's now a very you can realistic... focus on MVP. If there's any year of the last six or so where I believe Wout van Aert can actually win one of the two, if not both of them, it might be 2024. Yeah. It's unlikely that he wins both based on just the fact that he might have some bad luck somewhere. But he's going to win one of RVV and Roubaix, and I think it's more likely to be Roubaix, even though I just said that I just said the opposite. <laughs> I just said that if you look at RVV, look at the competition, the fact that Pogac is not there, it's more likely that the Visma effect, the numerical advantage, will be a thing there. That's not a hot take. 
Fuck it. Hot take. Wout van Aert wins both our Vivian Roubaix. Jeez, that would be the a big like comeback. Well, not a comeback. Is that but... the hottest take of the season so far? No, no. no. I think I've said some insane shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I said like Ben would win the Giro, Ben O'Connor. Did I? I don't know, but we'll count it now. I've, call, I've called a lot of people to win the Giro. Um, so no, it's calling the second favorite to win those races and the first favorite for Roubaix. No, I'm not giving it to you. As it's a hot take, but uh, not fully unhinged, I would say. But uh, I think, I think. Uh, okay. You think a lot. I think GC Coos podiums the tour. It's not unlikely, but I'd find it a lot funnier if. Let's say Vingegaard wins the Tour de France again, that we'd see like five UAE riders in position two, three, yeah, four, five, and six. That would be very, very amusing. Yes. It would be very <laughs> funny. I don't see Cus necessarily podium in the Tour, so I'm, I'm going to accept that as a, a hot take. I'll accept it. Yeah. Uh, Father podiums three World Tour races. <laughs> tour and under, Polonia and really Guangxi. True, true. Because uh, Polonia has that hill him. stage. Guangxi has that hill stage, and Rudanander has Wollonga Hill. I'm seeing it. Yeah, it has Wollonga Hill, and it has, uh, well, the one side with P, can't remember. I'm trying to think of another hot take. Hmm. What is Bart Lemon doing? Do you reckon they'll get smoked in the TTs? Not really. Does Jumbo Visma win a world, do they win a world tour TT next year? Yes. Which one? In the Giro, most likely. Ghana. Remco. Ghana has days no, where Poggy. he's not that great sometimes. True. Poggy on the flat TTs, probably going to get beaten by Wout van Aert even, even if he has a bad day. I'm going to do... I've got I to do a negative one. I've got to do a negative one. Well, yeah. to, Go for an extreme negative one, eh? I've got to do a negative one. Uh, they don't put him anywhere on tour. <laughs> 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 no, it's possible. Like Vingar has a crash all of a sudden. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say they don't win a World Tour TT, uh, and I don't think they. Man, Vuelta. Who, who's gonna beat White Fanart in the Vuelta in TTs? Charlie, Charlie is he going there? Or Remco, or I don't know, man. Remco's not. Well, it's a it's a might... hot take because it's unlikely, you know. Yeah, yeah, true. That's, that's by definition. That's the point. I will say that. I think Otto Brooks podiums the Giro as well. I think that's possible. But I'll still allow it for a hot take. And I think Jorgensen wins Roubaix. Uh, not Roubaix, Flanders. <laughs> Flanders. That would have been a hot take. Jorgensen winning Roubaix. And RVV he's a top 10 rider. In, I think he wins RV and he's a top 10 rider in the world by, by, by points. The, the crazy thing is, I don't. Is that see that it, hot? Yeah, it's kind of like the scenarios just factoring that I do in see happening, right? No, not even. As in, yeah, even uh, yes, yes, even he needs the roof to do that. But the RV scenario that I see in front of me is that Alpecin cannot control the anticipations of multiple Yumbo Visma riders or Visma Lab riders, yeah, yeah, including yeah. Jorgensen, and Jorgensen benefits from that. I can actually fight out against Alsgren, Peterson, whoever the fucks in that group. We can drop bigger guys on the climbs. Yeah, but you know? Peterson. Might still be hard to drop in RVV, especially if it rains. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Does Jorgensen have a have a rain bonus? Does that exist in America? Rain? 
I think Jorgensen's pretty good in shit weather, yeah. I think, I think so he's too. he's got a bit of mongrel dog in him. Where's he from? Boise, Idaho. I think it's cold there. And they ski and stuff. I think his family skis. So I think he's good in dog shit weather. Same with Hagen is from Norway, obviously. I think Ben Dollard wins flesh. That's a hot take. But okay. I also see it. Uh, is there any is there any foreboding like thing of doom coming upon them, Benji? Like we mentioned for UAE or Ineos. No, more like you already, you know, you, obviously you can't really be negative about the 2023 year. And to be honest, we're also if bullish with this roster. On the, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't mean things like that. I more mean like, are they, are they too light in certain roster positions and other teams are overtaking them towards looking to 25 and 26? Are they getting the best Young talent. Like, are there any... Because, like, I think Ineos Benson just said they announced Theodore Storm for 24. Albert Philipson, August Philipson, Albert Philipson went to uh, Trek. Are they... Del Toro is going to UAE. Big name. Yeah. It's like, you don't need to have every single generational talent if you can foster the ones you have and have enough to be able to deliver with them. And I don't think they're going to be starving. Vingegaard alone, if he stays healthy, is enough to be very competitive at the Tour de France, to be able to win that Tour de France in the next five years. And he just got extended to 28, I think, and, and Kuz to 27. Yes. And I would say that Ayuso is proof that it's not super easy to go from that Isaac Del Toro position to winning Grand Tour victories in the span of two, three years, that you need some time to grow towards that position as well. Yeah. And like when your 26 roster is Jorgensen, Hagenes, Nordhagen, Stalnemitzet, Kuss, Laporte, Vingegaard, Alterbrooks, Van Aert, like that's a pretty good core. For three yeah. years, three seasons from 24. Alte Brooks, uh, you're right. But so is UAE's. So is UAE's. Uh, 100%. But, but that's the beauty of the sport. We've got things to look forward to. Yeah, oh no, in our Q&A we did socialism and we took all of these riders and distributed them across, <laughs> evenly across <laughs> all the other teams. Um, is there, Sorry, I think Jorgensen, one thing I would mention to, uh, is, what? don't you think the perception of the team has changed a lot the last two yeah. years? 100%. I think they're viewed a lot more negatively now. Oh, I think so as well. A lot more. On one end, you've got the, the Team Sky effect of if you start winning a lot, you're going to have more criticism. But I think outside of that, they had a few PR disasters as in the... I, I still can't get over the fact of the Roglic versus Fred Wright article coming out and they never went back on that. The fact that they never went back on that alienated so many fans from Jumbo Visma at that moment, and there's still a lot I of people so, questioning yeah. that moment. And going further from that, I think the way they handled Kion, not necessarily a horrible thing, but some people might be turned off by that, and it's a reason for oh, the people the that already hated. It's, it's an extra reason for the people that already hated Jumbo Visma to add on to that. And let's be honest about it, there's always going to be people talking about um, about cheating and so forth when it comes to teams that are very, very prominent at the time. Hasmon probably didn't help in that case. 
Yeah, there's no positive. Yeah, there's no real update on that. I think there was a, a Wheeler Flitz article today about Hesmon, as in why it's becoming quiet, and apparently Yumbo just hasn't heard much of an update from the UCI and so forth, because the UCI wants to leave it in the ITA, the testing agency, and... Well, I, thought, I think the UCI don't really know either, because it's... Yeah. The German anti-doping, like the national anti-doping body, uh, yep. is, is running it. So, like, and it's, and it's a criminal offense, so they... Yeah, they don't really know. Uh, but it's good that he's suspended, and he's probably going to get thrown off the team the first opportunity they get. And the same way that Robert Stannard was ditched the first opportunity Appleson got yeah. once they realized something I think his contract off. expired as well. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's something that will probably, if they keep winning, that will, that will continue. And like you said, the Kian thing, like, because, you know, the press, the press announcement came out before the agent's post mm -hmm. came out, that said he terminated his contract or tried yeah. to on December 1st, it looked like Yumbo had just announced the signing of a rider who was still under Fully contract. Agreeing. And then that was debatable. And then there's been a settlement, obviously, between the, the two teams and rider. But the, even like it's that, the if, timing of the two things. There, I feel like there's a... Whether it's... I, I'm, I'm not sure who in the team it is, but there's someone in the team or an idea in the team that is slightly out of touch with how they think people will react. As in, they don't think about how people react to certain things they do, even though the moments that happened are also rare moments. It's like, they didn't roast Fred Wright every week. <laughs> Which, good. <laughs> but it was a, it was a written press horrible. release on a website, you know, three I days agree. afterwards. I, I fully agree. Uh, and it felt like a, a major blow, I think, to the fandom of, of Yumbo Visma fans. And I think the fact that they never went back on that was major for me. But hey, we're here to talk about the 2024 season. And no, no, but I, was, I just think back that's... Into... But, that, but that is important. Yep. How you are perceived is extremely and... important. For, for your, your, trying to, your revenue mm. source is getting companies who want exposure to give you money. And... So it's important. In addition to that, I would also say that Richard Plug is probably playing a significant role in upsetting a parts of opposing fans, as in the whole beer gate with, with Madiol back in the day. did not respond well to that. Obviously, like, if you're going to say that French writers aren't... It, it came over to me as if Plug was saying these French writers aren't getting results because they're drinking beer after their training. And... I can assure you that there's a lot of riders in France and French teams that don't drink beer, that are perfect athletes. And obviously French fans aren't going to like that. Yeah. Um, but I will say... FTJ didn't like it. I, will, I, will, can, I, will, I, have, I brought this topic up myself, but I'm now going to play devil's advocate against myself. Yeah. That if you, are, if you were within these teams at races... There is a lot of shit that goes on, even at teams you think are hyper-professional, that Correct. you, as an amateur, would be like, I cannot believe this happens during a Grand Tour, or they're doing yeah. this this way. So, like, but of course, I think I it's just not... And That was like a red rag to a bull. Like, French fans already, not just French fans, were already, like, not the biggest fans of, of Yumbo and dominating the Tour. Um, but it's, it is strange, like, a year before on Grenoble, everyone was super happy because yep. I think Poggy was less popular in 2021. Yeah, 
In, in uh, Poggy is way more popular now, I think, than in 2021. But I also think a major effect is also the fact that they won three Grand Tours and podium the Vuelta. The Vuelta was a big thing in terms of their them podiuming that. And also Roglic leaving and there not being certainties outside of the team of what the situation was internally, who was at fault for what, etc., etc. That also alienates Danish fans against Slovenian fans. They're fighting on social media and... As a consequence, if Roglic leaves, then Slovenian fans are going to be like, well... Uh, and then afterwards, the management of Jumbo Visma came out with um, just talking about the reality in internally, and that puts Roglic in a, in a less desired light a tiny bit for some people. As in, if you say he, he wanted to raise and so forth, some people might not like that, but Slovenian fans will feel like that is the management shitting on Roglic after he left, you know? Even if it would be the yeah, truth. Yeah, yeah. I do think it's like, it's kind of a good thing and a bad thing. Because even like when I scroll like our Peloton or I scroll uh, like Cycling News or, or GCN yeah. or the websites, like a disproportionate number of articles are about this team. And this is probably the longest preview of a team as well that we're doing. So like, I guess it's a good thing, but like success breeds contempt. But also, but I think a, a big focus for 24 should be don't go out of your way to make people dislike you 100 percent. but i will end on like the the points that i spoke about earlier cycling has a history when it comes to doping and so forth to the point that it's okay to question great performances but i'm never gonna go out of my way to be cynical about stuff like that and be like oh he did something great so he must be doping and I feel like there's yeah, a, a like, portion to of me, fans the comments that will of, do that. But not just fans. Like To me, like the comments of uh, the FTJ performance guy, I think they crossed the line as well. I don't remember specifically uh, the comments, but I think I agree. Yeah. So. But that being said, hey, it's but a that's, sport but with Sky such had a history. To, Sky had to endure that for fucking 10 exactly. years. Thing I had to piss thrown at him. So he's getting the good <laughs> side. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and everyone, and that's the thing, everyone likes Ineos now. We were doing the Ineos preview being like, wouldn't it be great to get back to the good old Sky days? Like up there yeah. competing with UAE and Yama. So it's... it's good old um, Sky days. Can we get Freeman back <laughs> as Doctor or... <laughs> it's Rose. No, more, like, bring that train back, baby. Um, <laughs> in the black and blue. Anyway. Uh, I think it's a pretty good preview. We, ha- we got to pick their wins, Benji. Uh, Jesus fucking well, Christ, wins. Walter wins. How many do they have again? 38? 38 this year. I have a problem, mate. What's your problem? I don't know what percentage of wins I've already spent on other teams oh, to the point that... Mate, we'll, we'll have to either do zero for the last, like, two or three, or, like, left. Tw- we'll have to do, like, 20 for Intermarche. <laughs> I'm going to go We're- with... Roglic victories are going to be gone and he won multiple stages in Tirreno. He won, he won 11, multiple he won stages. He won 11 World Tour stages. He won a f- 28% of 26 I think they replaced those stages with Wout van Aert being more prominent in victories because of the schedule he has. And that places me on 38 World Tour victories. Really? I'm going to go with... Uh, fuck, yeah, true. Cool. <laughs> nah, Roglic won too much. It has to be less. He won too much. Because he also won Catalonia and Torino, so I'm going with... Yeah, but Koi didn't I'm win many Walter races. 
Guangxi, Guangxi Bologna, Bologna, and Paris-Nice. He's going to do more in 2024, right? Yeah, they might only be se sevens. Are still a pretty good hole. I want for not. You're saying they're going to win 15 Grand Tour stages. Yeah, but they have to. I think they're going to be weaker in uh, one weeks in winning stages. Okay. I'm going to go with 33. Okay. I'll Is allow that... it. That's He's a hot take, out. actually. No, it's, it's fine. <laughs> How many did they win in... How many World Tour wins did they win in... They won 24 know, and 22, which is a pretty good season. So I'm going the average of those two years with Roglic okay. out. 33. Uh, okay, that's the, the Visma Lisa bike preview. Let us know what you think uh, down below. And... If the numbers don't up, add up for the World Tour wins, Benji, we just do a lot of Destiny and Israel preview and add yep. some more in. Uh, but I think we're going to be running out of them, to be honest, now that we've added them in. Uh, we still got still Bora Hounsgrove to do. So they're the next ones we're recording. Thank God the two teams got the agreement together because thank we God. had to do this pre... We had, thank God, the thank God, because we had to do this preview today and uh, it would have been tedious to try to figure out where the Brooks is going. So I feel like um, you've cured your illness during this preview. Nah, I feel, a lot brighter. I, feel ra I feel ratchet. Man. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if I've said anything uh, offhand, I'm just going to say, ah, well, I was sick, it doesn't count. Who, That's who is happens. surprised that if you take half the calories that a human needs, then you're starting to feel sick after no, a bit? No, no, no. The trick <laughs> is what you do, right? You do extra exercise and then eat what you're normally used to eating and then your stomach thinks you're fine. And then there's your deficit. And you get sick. So, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Thanks for all your support. <laughs> Thanks for all the, uh, everyone's listenership on the previews. And uh, we'll see you with the Bora Hands Grow One next. Until then, ciao. Mom deserves the best. And there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 